You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome into your Cleveland Browns versus Los Angeles Chargers game day preview joint collaboration between All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR Film Breakdown. I am Brad Ward. Jake Burns is here with me. How are you doing, Jake? Brad, I'm great, man. Uh, happy. Well, we're recording this on Saturday. Happy Saturday or happy Sunday to you guys listening. We are ready for. Uh, as we were after the Jets game, to turn the page from an ugly loss and talk about something new and hopefully enjoy a Sunday win. Yeah, so uh, Sunday, uh, speaking of, uh, should be a beautiful day. Um, could could be a huge day in Cleveland. Depends on, we don't know at this point what happens with the, the Gardos today, but if they lose, they could be looking at a uh, monster playoff game right after the Browns game downtown Cleveland. Keep that in your minds when talking about traveling in and out of the city. It's going to be a mess, potentially. It is. It could be a mess. Hopefully, like we said, we're, we're recording this earlier than way earlier than we normally do. But hopefully the Guardians take care of business today and it doesn't matter. And Sunday is a figure out travel plans to go to New York. I think they would go to if they win this series. So. Uh, shout out to the Guardians. Best of luck to them today, and um, hopefully, like I said, if they're if you're listening to this on Sunday morning and they play the evening deciding game, best of luck there. Yes, absolutely. So it's going to be a beautiful day for uh, the time of year that it is. Looks like a high of 58 at 1 p.m. Uh, partly cloudy, mostly sunny. Uh, should be dry. Should be a beaut. Uh, winds up to about 30 miles per hour, which is pretty standard for that stadium these days around this time of year. So yeah, that'll always play a factor in the game, but it looks to be like a nice day. It does look to be a nice day. Perfect Cleveland weather, low, high fifties, low sixties, little breeze. It is, um, perfect. What do they call that? Brett quintessential fall Cleveland football weather. Okay. Friday night was beautiful for the state of Ohio around for high school ball and Looks like it'll be a beautiful Saturday. I know Ohio State's up in East Lansing today to play Michigan State. So, uh, But otherwise, it's a nice weather day around Ohio, and it should be a nice one in Cleveland for the kickoff there. Yeah. Uh, on the call, those of you not going to the game will be watching it on TV. It's a CBS game, which can be streamed on Paramount Plus if you have a subscription there. You have uh, Greg Gumbel, Adam Archuleta, and A.J. Ross on the call, a 1 p.m. kickoff. Uh, you have some uh, tidbits here, Jake, on uh, game history and some travel. Interesting tips on travel here. Yeah, so all time it's Chargers 18 and 18-9-1 uh, in this series. It has not been a very kind series to the Browns since they have come back. So the Browns were able to win. Uh, sorry, they in the return season in 99, they dropped a December game. Then they won their first one that they would win until 2012 and 2001. So they caught them. In 2001, but then they didn't win again, and they were one, two, three, four, five matchups between them. In 2012, they beat the Chargers by a whopping final score, Brad, of 7-6. I'm sure everybody remembers that slugfest. <laughs> and then uh, they won again in 2016. If you recall, is that the game 
that Cleveland won on a blocked field goal from Jamie Meter to to avoid the first O and sixteen run. I think it is, Brad. I think it is. Was it was that uh, Christmas Eve? It or? was. It's Christmas Eve, twelve twenty four. Yeah. Oh boy, this is a callback to uh, really a really unfortunate times. But very uh, the pierogi king with the blocked field goal. Uh, <laughs> then the next two visits in twenty seventeen, Cleveland went out to L A and lost nineteen to ten. That was a um, uh, who was the starter that single year Deshaun Kaiser game did mm-hmm. not play very well in that one uh, out there and that the temporary stadium the Chargers had at that point and then that little soccer stadium and then we uh, have seen them twice since and Philip Rivers and the in the group came to Cleveland in 2018 and beat Cleveland pretty handedly it was a no show effort uh, real big no show effort in that one uh, that was really disheartening and was. Uh, the downfall of that season. And then um, uh, October 10th, I believe Hugh Jackson and, and Todd Haley were fired the week after. I think they went to Pittsburgh the week after and they were fired. Yep. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it was, it was close to that point. That game was a no show and the stadium was packed and I was up there covering it in the press box and it was packed and loud and uh, they just, they no showed it. Um, and then, you know, last year's 47, 42 final and just a wild, wild shootout that, uh, you know, was uh, like I said, one of the more, obscure outcomes for a team like Cleveland who went for 531 yards in the game. And I don't believe Cleveland had a turnover and it was the first time a team has gone for like 42 points, 531, no turnovers and lost. It was, it was nuts. Yes. I heard Um, that yesterday. That's a wild stat. Yeah. So uh, one of those, it seems like there's always one of those obscure stats every year. And this year's jets game provided that obscure stat of 2022, for the Browns in terms of odds of losing or whatever, uh, where your, your outcome is like, Oh, this hasn't happened since 19 or 2001. And the other <laughs> team was the Browns. Um, but anyway, yeah, they dominated run game, uh, two in that one. And we'll talk about that a little later, but five thirty one total, they threw for three Oh one. Um, the Chargers also went for about 500. That's a part of the problem as they threw for three eighty one. So, um, wild game out there, beautiful stadium. A lot of people, I, care about we're out there you know a lot of uh, friends of mine were out and love the stadium out there so this year the chargers come to the east coast and this is a rarity for them this year this is their only and a a reminder this is a team going from west coast three hours behind to the east coast so you're talking about this kickoff at one o'clock it's technically a 10 o'clock kickoff for them you know based on how their body feels or whatever I'm sure they get into Cleveland a little bit early, maybe a day or two early and map it all out try to get accustomed to the feel of it all but yeah this is where these are huge disadvantage games on the schedule. When the, when the schedule comes out, Cleveland is like, do we go West? Do we go? How do we travel? Are there any of those types of games? I think the furthest Cleveland goes is Houston uh, this year. So they're pretty lucky that their schedule worked out. Well, last year, actually the chargers um, had three, one o'clock kickoffs. They had a early game, the opener against the commanders uh, at that point where the Washington football team, and then they had a Baltimore um, one o'clock kick like week five, which they got throttled. Then late in the season, they went to Cincy for a one o'clock kickoff and played pretty well, beat, beat Cincy like 41 22. So, but this year, this is their only East Coast one o'clock game. They also go to the East Coast to play Indianapolis, but that's an 8 15 kick. And I think they also have the Dolphins. Um, no, they're at home for the Dolphins. So, yeah, this is their only East Coast one o'clock kick. So, hopefully, the Browns can take advantage of that a little bit yeah certainly plays into it takes on a different schedule for a team traveling across the country like that uh so it'll be interesting to see how they come out you know sometimes teams will come out flat or 
just not have it uh but uh we can only hope right so uh expecting a uh uh as far as what the game is expecting it's an over under of 47 and the browns are two and a half point uh home dogs here so uh that's uh the main principles of the uh uh gambling lines there we'll get into some prop bets in a minute here uh the browns will be uh sporting the all brown color rush uniforms jake for the first time since uh quote unquote the obj game in dallas uh a 49-38 win uh last year mm-hmm. and uh amari are you Cooper, a fan of those i like them i do too i like them i, I like them a lot actually I was some people don't like see. that they didn't have the striping down the side like they did in the previous rendition of those uh but i don't mind it i, I think they're fine they're just you know strictly brown for the Cleveland yeah. browns you know yeah i i like them i think they uh i mean not every week but occasionally you know switch it up i, I don't mind them i like them it's cool i, I like it for this game you know uh so that's i think good. they'll they'll wear the 75th anniversary throwback still they'll still wear those at some point this year too the I, numbers I, on the I helmet agree. and all of that i'm pretty sure they said they will at some point yeah so the the league loosening its grips on the uh, jersey control a little bit here as we're seeing some teams uh, branch out into some different uniforms and whatnot. But the Browns will wear the color rush. And uh, in that game, I just wanted to mention that Amari Cooper against the Browns, who now plays for the Browns, uh, 12 receptions, 134 yards, and a touchdown. So let's on the other that, side, yeah. so yeah, let's get him repeat sees those brown uniforms maybe gets a little uh positive recall there maybe <laughs> maybe not uh all right jake what's the uh you know uh, got anything spicy as far as the uh, prop bets here today yeah well we should talk about the general line right which is uh, cleveland's getting two and a half so they think vegas thinks the chargers are better uh, cleveland at home getting two and a half uh, the over under is 47 and a half, and I think that I'd feel comfortable in the over personally. The weather's nice. It should be two defenses that have not played all too well. Um, and a great quarterback on one side, I would feel like the over is the safe number on that one. Um, you know, anytime touchdown score, it seems like you're stealing money with Nick uh, every week, but uh, it's not a guarantee there. So I don't really love it per se. I think where you get to the fun stuff is two plus touchdowns. In a game like Kareem Hunt, a couple goal line carries, it's plus 1,100. That's a nice number. I would feel really good about that one. Um, If you wanted to get stupid and go three-plus touchdowns, you could get real crazy and do uh, Kareem on that, and that's plus 7,000 if you just had some money to put on the side. Um, I think a fun one is both teams to complete their first pass. I feel like that is a yes to me. Just to complete their first pass of the game, you get minus 110 on a yes on that one. Um, Brissett is over under 210. I feel like that is likely to me to be just over. And I think Herbert's 272 and a half. And I think he's also over on that one. Um, yeah, I agree. Those what's interesting to me though, Brad, is that Brissett and Herbert are both at over under one and a half touchdowns. So that's interesting. Very. Um, rush yards in this one, Eckler's 53 and a half. Nick is 92 and a half. Kareem's 43 and a half. I feel like the Kareem under. I feel like the Browns might both go under on those rush totals, but barely, and still have a pretty nice rushing day. Reminder, I mean, the Browns have gone, and we'll again talk about this later, but the Browns have gone rushing yards this year, 138, 221, 205, 206. Sorry, that's past. 217 to open the season in Carolina, then 184, 171, and 177. So they are 
they're dominating in run game. But but you can still have a great game if you have 91 or 90 Chubb yards and 42 Kareem Hunt rushing yards. That's still 135. So we'll see about that. Receiving yards always get fun, Brad, because you can go like Nick's over under seven and a half. We talk about it all the time. Just takes one yeah. screen pass. Um, Kareem Hunt's 16 and a half. They keep setting those tantalizing running back line numbers. Uh, and Joku's 36 and a half. I feel good about that. Uh, I think that's a good number. Uh, Gerald Everett's 41 and a half. Uh, they're a little limited on options there. Like they only have like the only the FanDuel's only listing three players for sorry, two players for receiving over under for the Chargers. 38 and a half from Eckler and 41 and a half from Everett. So that's kind of strange. Uh, they Weird. just don't know. They don't know who's going to be catching the rock, I guess. You know, I, don't, I mean, I know Keenan Allen's already been ruled out, but. I'm not sure if Josh Palmer's playing. I haven't seen officially on that one. He's a nice young receiver for them. Yeah, he's questionable, I believe, and mm -hmm. Mike Williams will be there. Yeah, I don't uh, know why they don't have a Mike Williams number. Yeah. Up. Strange. Donovan Peoples-Jones listed at 34.5, if you're interested in that number. I do not. Amari's at 49.5. So, um, uh, bet, bet MGM has Mike Williams total receiving yards at 66.5. Yeah, I think that, that that smells like an over to me. Um, first drive result is always fun to me. You could have a punt, touchdown, a field goal attempt. Or last week, if you played the result any other, which is a turnover on downs, you get plus 650. Not bad. You can get a fumble. <laughs> pretty Fumble's good. in yeah. there, right? Fumble yeah. would be in there. So that's fun. The first half spread is interesting to me. Um, basically calling it even. Uh, you can take either. Browns are getting a half point in the first half. So you can get Cleveland goes in. 16-15, or down, sorry, down, you know, 15-14, whatever crazy score you want, and then you cover. You get a, you know, be, uh, actually, no, I'm an idiot. They wouldn't cover. The, the half point basically means nothing here. I don't really understand. It just, it's like a pick em, right? <laughs> like, it does, you can't, you can't have a half point uh, result there. Strange. Um, and then the, the, the interest, another interesting one to me is the will there be overtime. I, find, I always find that one to fun to put five bucks on a yes on an overtime yeah. yeah or or you will be like overtimes are so scarce that you could put a lot of money and it's like minus three thousand but you still get some free money out of that but anyway those are the over-unders and, and odds and all that stuff you can do some touchdown scoring props if you want there's a whole bunch of different ones there uh i know we're in, most of you listening to this are in ohio and we're still about three four months away from being able to do these on all the time but there are a ton of options, man. You can get points. You can give points. You can do parlays and all the fun stuff on FanDuel or whatever. Um, you know, I think there's DraftKings and some fun ones out there to use. So get get uh, get get your uh, you know start working your muscle memory for some gambling this season. Yeah. So you go into next year sharp. Doesn't fun. you don't get good at something, Brad, unless you work at it, right? So it's very true. It's great advice, Jake. Uh, you know, <laughs> the flex your degenerate brain right yeah, flex your degenerate right. brain get it going uh because the time is coming when all of that greatness will be in the palm of your hand in a phone so it'll be here man and uh you know better keep a credit card away from your significant other unless you're good at it then maybe they don't care but yeah. uh you know gambling gambling stuff has gotten really easy and it's really fun and um it's also really dangerous so yeah be smart yeah Great words of advice there. Uh, we're going to come back with even more uh, great knowledge and words of advice for the Cleveland Browns as we talk about our keys to victory after this quick break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we're back. You're listening to the Browns Chargers game day preview joint collaboration with Jake Burns of the OBR Film Breakdown and myself, Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland, like we do every week. Now we focus in on our three keys to a Browns victory over the Chadges. Uh, you want to kick <laughs> this off, Jake? I do. I shout out to Berman on that one, Chad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say Justin Herbert's the best quarterback they've faced this year by a significant margin. Now, I know he's beat up and he's got some rib stuff going on, and I know his left tackle's done for a significant portion of the year, and there's opportunity here. So the question is how uncomfortable can they make Herbert? Not physically with his body, um, but I'm talking about there is if you hit him a couple times, he's not going to like it. He's going to feel it. It's not going to be comfortable for him. I don't think he's already healed up from what we saw on TV, you know. So uh, I talked to people out in LA. They say there is some. They're still being very careful with him. Yeah. So how well do they get after him? But not just get after him. I'm not talking about calling for blitz, which Joe Woods was much more active in the in the blitz stuff last week, which I appreciated. Um, but you know, just can they make him uncomfortable in coverage? Can they make him hold on to the football a little bit longer? They have to figure out ways to make Herbert either mentally or physically uncomfortable and. Uh, to me, that is the most important aspect of stopping the Chargers in this game is how uncomfortable can they make him. And uh, if they can, they can have a chance to slow them down and keep them under 24 points. If they can't, who knows where it goes? We've seen them get to 47 with them against them. So uh, making him uncomfortable. And he will rip some throws downfield. He has Mike Williams. He's got guys that he will give chances to make throws into tight windows. How well, you know, a lot of quarterbacks they have faced this year are not tight window guys. So when you think you've got your guy covered, even when you think he is, see, I got this, he's smothered, taken away, the ball could still be thrown at your direction. So you have to be ready at any moment for your guy you're covering, face guarding, whatever, turning in zone, to have the ball thrown in the direction. So the 50-50 stuff, you have to be ready to play it. And I, I, like I said, that's a, that's a bit of a mind frame shift, Brad, in my opinion, because they haven't played many quarterbacks who will do that. Trubisky wouldn't do it. I don't think Mariota would do it last week. I certainly don't think Baker was doing it week one. And then, obviously, uh, Flacco was throwing more open zone concept throws. So uh, I'm just saying that and I don't think Flacco's ripping a bunch of those tight window throws in terms of like a guy looks like he's covered, he's still throwing it anyway. So that's a mental shift I think they need to be ready to take, and I'm sure they're talking about it this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good stuff there. Totally agree. Got to get, uh, you know, they played some nice games up front last week to generate some pressure, and that worked well for them, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully we get uh, the studs back up front. Speaking of the studs back up front, my first key is going to be for some better linebacker play, Jake. I, you know, I've been, I've been talking about Jacob Phillips a lot, and I feel like I've been beating him up a lot, but I know I, I think he can do better, and I think that he'll probably do better this week if, especially with Garrett back and uh, if Clowney plays especially, uh, where he can kind of refocus his uh, attention and be a little more disciplined in his run uh, game approach and his run lanes. But he's just kind of been overrunning plays a lot, kind of all over the place and some coverages and things like that. Uh, he's very aggressive, and, and uh, sometimes he just boxes himself completely out of the play and gets caught in the traffic and whatnot. So I would like to see him play better, um, certainly. 
that would help their defense a lot. You know, he vacated the middle of the field an awful lot when that on that 14-play run sequence last week, and he just can't be doing that. So that's my key there. A better performance from Phillips and the linebackers in general. Yeah, I think I think so much of it is like last week they played a lot of base, so Taki Taki was out there because Atlanta forced them to um play base because of personnel i'm not sure if they'll they'll do that this week because the Chargers are probably sitting a bit more 11 but we'll sure. see and that p- builds into my second you know my second portion which is like make you know if, if we're talking about herbert making him uncomfortable you got to make the game one phase so the chargers have not run the ball well this year 76 75 26 and 81 those have been their rush totals each game through four games Eckler only has 45 carries 140 and two touchdowns Sony Michelle's their second leading rusher with like 53 yards they're not running it well now they ultimately don't care a ton because they do other things well that's why their offense is is fine but like I don't want that phase leaking into the passing phase where you're worried about play action where you're worried about things that would take you away from doing the right things in the pass game so um, to me, keeping that stuff, the run game at a, at a very minimum is going to be wildly important. Uh, just, just what I think, because if you let Eckler, um, because of, you know, discipline issues or whatever, get off for 80, 90, hundred yards, which he went for a hundred yards last year and that shootout, and then the impact of their run game leaked into a couple of broken deep coverages off play action, Brad, you start to make the pass game easier. You want to make throwing the football as hard as you possibly can well, then don't let run game stuff leak into it and make it more effective than it already can be for them. So it's important to me that they keep the Chargers around the 50 rushing yard mark in this game if they if we look back and they have won. That's my opinion. It just would be a really helping factor. Yeah, make them one-dimensional makes it a lot easier on the defense. I agree. That's good stuff, Jake. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, it's an obvious one, but the Browns record is something like uh 11 and 2 and they are uh one of those two i think is the uh game last year we were talking about under the stefanski uh regime um one like 11 and 2 or something like that don't quote me on the exact but it's somewhere in that ballpark on the uh when they are a clean in the turnover game so no turnovers percent he's been very careful except for on last drives with his passing and uh he's been effective that way he hasn't turned it over browns haven't had a, a you know a, an absorbent amount of fumbles or anything like that in joku last week so keep a clean game their margin for error is not big enough to be turning it over and still win this game jake no, it's not. And that builds into mine again, which is I will say it every week until the, the, they make an alteration to their offense, which is probably going to be in Houston later in the year. They have to follow the formula. Continue to follow the formula. Time of possession. Can you get your plays into the 70s? And can you keep the opponent's plays into the 50s? And can you get 12 to 15 more minutes of possession? Now, if you capitalize on red zone last week, it's a win, right? Get those touchdowns. You get in the end zone on those drives. It's a win. Can they do a similar thing here, which is the best uh, the best defense for Justin Herbert is keeping that SOB on the sideline. That's the best defense you have for the Chargers is keeping them away from the field. So that means Cleveland running a lot of plays is what they need. Run game efficiency, not huge runs, but run game five, six yards of pop run game efficiency is what they'll need, in my opinion. Again, reminder, the Browns have gone for over 170 every week rushing. These are their four-week runs, 217, 184, 171, 177, clearly leading the NFL in the rushing running back department. Some teams mix in a quarterback, and that gets to change the overall results. But running the football as far as a running back, they are 
clearly the best team in the league at it right now. And if you look at the Chargers, their run defense has not been very great, right? The Raiders don't love to run the ball, so it wasn't a big factor in that one. But KC, who's anemic at it, ran for 93 in week two, 151 from the Jaguars week three, and then 131. Damian Pierce had a 75-yard touchdown run, and then 133 is what he went for total in that week in that game last week with a couple touchdowns. So, like, can that department lead to some ball control? And it can lead to wearing down the the, the group of Chargers defenders and keeping Justin Herbert on the sideline. Because I don't think Cleveland is aiming to have Brissett throwing 35 times again this week. It's just not it's not their best formula. So dropping back 39 almost 40 times. It's not the formula. So hopefully they can capitalize on their red zone opportunities, follow the formula, and baked into that formula we talk about every week, Brad. Plays, right? So it's focused on more plays, more time of possession, ball control running the football, and don't turn it over. That's their that's their, that's their way to go. They just don't have enough to overcome that stuff. Their margin for error is too tight. They do not have enough to overcome those issues. So they have to do they have to keep that offensive formula. Hundred percent. Yeah. They, I mean that's the way they got to do it. If this game totally shoots out, they're going to be at a disadvantage. So, uh, you know, controlling that with uh, the run game, as you said, and uh, clean turnovers, that's just the way they have to win right now. And uh, so, um, and they've been okay at following that script. There's just kind of been some outliers that have hurt them in certain parts of the game uh, and the defense a little bit. So we'll see what happens, and I, and I agree completely. And my third and final uh, key to victory is going to be in case it does get a little high scoring, you know, especially, uh, and because Cooper didn't do much last week, I would like to see them get Amari involved early and often, make him a part of this offense. They're a better team when he is getting opportunities. Four targets is not enough, especially when you throw it 35 times. Now, we just mentioned it's not ideal to throw it that many times, but if you are going to throw it, uh, I would like to get Cooper involved and Njoku as well. Them as a one-two punch adds a totally element to a uh, different element to the Browns' offense uh, in the past game if you get those two involved. So that's my third key, Jake, uh, to this game. Anything you want to mention here before we get out of here on our uh, game day preview? No, uh, I'll, I'll mention the same thing I have before. This is a game that before the season people thought they would lose, right? It was a schedule. Looking at the schedule, it was like these are where it starts to get tough, and I agree it would be massive, though, if they get this done. And then they host New England with a rocky quarterback situation the next week. Um, it, it's a huge game. And I hope that I really hope they show up because they need to play with emotion. Um, they need to play smart football, passionate football. If they win this game, it's got a chance to erase some of your terrible feelings about two games you let go in the first four and really springboard you into the middle of this uh this schedule because if you can i think we all looked at it and thought okay if you can come out four and two after the first six you got a chance and four and two if you win this one is right in front of you it's everything in front of you so um yeah huge game brad huge game yeah interestingly enough you know revisiting the schedule the segment we did a couple weeks ago and, and and Jake I I looked at I look at this game a little bit differently than I did before the season right like I think I thought that this game was going to look more difficult than it is not saying it's easy by any stretch of the imagination I mean they are home dogs right but they uh it, it looks more winnable than I thought it would at this point uh before the season so yeah that's amazing people never discuss this I say it all the time on this pod and people who listen to me are probably sick of me saying it but the schedule stuff before the season, I get why we do it, but like it just it moves, it moves it's, it, it, week to it week. Does. Injuries and things change everything, and it's like looking at it and trying to make hard, uh, 
decisions about what a team will do throughout the either it's so luck driven it's just so luck driven so hopefully the browns catch the chargers here at the right time right time right place uh jake the uh obr and the obr film breakdown uh game day activities tomorrow anything going yeah. on yep we do our pre and post game so that will be up and running um no no uh, in-game stuff anymore until the nfl is able to figure that out with playback the company so yep pre and post game join us and then we'll have the pod we usually do in the evening hours for the morning show there you have it uh you'll have my instant react after the game on all eyes on cleveland uh thanks to blue wire podcasts uh the great people over there uh for jake burns in the obr film breakdown i am brad ward of all eyes on cleveland this has been a joint collaboration browns versus chargers game day preview we are out go browns go browns